Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star, double-rated astronavigatrix. Oh, uh, uh, what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed, the podcast in which we discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. For this episode, we watched Q, the Winged Serpent from 1982. My name is Eppa. And my name is Linnea. So, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Pretty lazy day today. I uh, didn't have that much to do. I worked this weekend, but uh, I'm free today, so it's been uh, just resting and getting some reading done and stuff like that. And how are you doing, Eva? I'm doing fine, kind of the same. Uh, a bit lazy, doing some chores and things like that. So uh, yeah, nothing nothing exciting to report there, I'm, I'm afraid. So uh, what is Q, the winged serpent, about? Yes, Q, the winged serpent. It's a movie that takes place in New York City, where a police detective, played by Carradine, is investigating a number of ritualistic murders, and at the same time, something is picking up and killing people from the rooftops in the city. Uh, And I believe in the first 10 minutes of the film, we get to see three people die, uh, including a creepy window cleaner Mm. who mysteriously loses his head while working several stories up on a building. So, you know, some strange things going on there. And then we meet a crook called Jimmy, who steals a bunch of diamonds, but manages to lose said diamonds in what is possibly the silliest scene in the whole film. Um, (laughs) And while trying to escape from the police, he hides at the top of the Chrysler building and finds a nest with a huge egg in it. And eventually he also sees the mother of this egg. Uh, based on what Jimmy sees and what information surfaces from the ongoing murder investigation, we learn that the ritualistic murders have awakened an ancient Aztec god named Quetzalcoatl. I think I pronounced that correctly, which is basically a big predatory dragon slash slash serpent looking monster. And this is the creature that is now eating the people of New York. Jimmy tries to negotiate a deal with the police. Uh, Among other things, he wants a million dollars in order to tell them where to find the monster. It all eventually leads to a battle between the police and not King Kong on top of not the Empire State Building. (laughs) The monster dies, the egg is destroyed, but as an ending teaser, we see that another undiscovered egg is hatching in another part of the city. If I were to describe this film in just one sentence, I would say it's Dirty Harry meets Kaiju films with a not so healthy dose of toxic masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> nice summary, Linnea. I'm mm-hmm. a bit uh, torn on what to think of this movie, actually. Uh, I find that I find it both entertaining and both dull at the same point. I hope I'll know what to think of this uh, as we're done with this episode. What are your thoughts of this? I think I'm somewhat on the same spot as you. It's It has its moments, but it's also... It has a certain atmosphere that I'm not sure I enjoyed. You know, like I said in the end of my summary, it's sort of Dirty Harry meets Kaiju films, you know. Mm. It's it's sort of a 
crime noir meets monster film. And I kind of, I like the the concept of those two genres meeting, but I'm not sure I like the execution of it in this film particularly. I thought the acting was good in the film from Carradine and and Moriarty who plays Mm. Jimmy. Uh, I thought they both did a really good job, but the special effects feel kind of cheap. They're kind of like stop motion on a green screen and it Mm. looks it looks weird. I I wouldn't say they're bad special effects, but they're, they're unsatisfactory in a way. The monster doesn't really give you the feeling that you maybe want to feel in a monster flick that makes sense i it's a vague <laughs> description i guess but i i'm i'm mm. i'm a bit torn also on the film did i like it did i not like it i'm not sure i think i'm somewhere in the middle to be honest yeah i think a word to be used in in describing this movie would, would be uneven like it's uneven feeling it's just it's got its ups and then its downs and it it felt long to me i don't, I don't remember how many minutes it clocked in on, but it felt long. Did you feel like it was a long movie? I don't think it wasn't something I was thinking when I was seeing it. Like, oh my god, what a long film this is! But in hindsight, I can kind of see what you're thinking because you're sort of expecting a monster flick, but there's actually not that much of a monster in it. Uh, there's a lot. Mm. We we get to see a lot of Jimmy and his botched uh, theft of diamonds, and then also we get to see his girlfriend, and they sort of have relationship troubles and all that, mm. and. He, he, I, I get the feeling that he was the director's and the writer's favorite character, and they really wanted to flesh him out. And we, mm. I, I think he is a very fleshed out character, but I wasn't maybe that interested in learning everything there was to learn about Jimmy. I wanted to see the monster, <laughs> and I didn't really yeah. get to see that much of the monster until the end, of course. But leading up to that, there were there were some down moments. Yeah, I think I think you need to care about Jimmy's story and like what's going to happen with him and everything and I kind of didn't so I don't think I connected with his character and therefore I just wasn't very interested in what was going on with him I mean the whole diamond thing and his uh, two um, partners in crime or whatever you want to call the two people he eventually brings up to the bird to get eaten uh, I do I do like however how he used the bird to get rid of them essentially but I just I don't think I cared about Jimmy's story you kind of have to to enjoy this movie, I think. One thing I really appreciated with the movie is the like helicopter shots. I like the city as scenery. To me, whenever a movie gets like proper images from a city, I'm I'm interested. I want to look at what they're wearing, what kind of cars there are, what's the weather like, you know, sort of really mundane things, but I appreciate that, you know. So I like the city things. Absolutely, like the sky sky view uh, bird shots or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I enjoyed those. Stalking on people on the rooftops and you kind of get a glimpse of that time. Bad plastic grass mats on skyscrapers. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, the city it was a nice setting and it's sort of a, uh, I think almost traditional like monster movie setting. You know, we had, I made references to King Kong and the Empire mm. State Building and here we have Q on top of the Chrysler Building and, and later on like we have um, uh, Godzilla the 1998 version of Godzilla that also takes place in inside the city and it's, mm. it's a very special feeling I think when, it, when that is the case you know there's a lot of people around but there's also like 
it's not a wide open space. The monster actually mm. has to like fly between yeah. the buildings and, and the police when they're chasing the monster, you know, they have to think about all the other people around and all the buildings and destruction and all that. I think it's, it, you know, monsters and cities go well together. Absolutely. I kind of like the idea of a wild monster interrupting civilization in a way. It's kind of symbolic in a way. I don't think that most of the time it's supposed to be. But it's always interesting to watch, like, how will the city and society deal with this huge invading nature thing? So what did you think about, like, the ritual murders and the Aztec god being brought to uh, to life because of those murders? Like, did you think that was uh, handled well or interesting and things like that? I thought it was an interesting um, approach to it because, you know, looking at, well, movies like King Kong and Godzilla, which I've already referenced, pretty good, uh, pretty big theme in those films is sort of nature versus man, you know, mm. like like in if we take Godzilla 1998 as an example, which is not the best Godzilla film, but mm. it's the one I remember the best, so I'm going to mm. take that one. There it is, like, Godzilla is awakened as a result of humanity having a negative effect on nature and then sort of Godzilla takes revenge on uh, human civilization. Uh, and King Kong is sort of the, the same. Uh, we bring King Kong to civilization and it doesn't really work out because we mm. are messing with nature that we shouldn't. But in this film, that's not really the theme because Q is not awakened because we are messing with nature. Q is awakened because it, it, nature doesn't really play a part so I, it was an interesting approach, I think. And I, you know, the murders themselves, I, I do enjoy some gore. And I think there were some pretty good special effects when they were like cutting off the skin of, of bodies and such. But I think I would have liked it seen developed more. Really the only sort of magic we get is that we are told that Q was awakened because of these murders. We don't actually get to see it. We don't know how it works. So I think they could have developed that mythology more than they did. And I think I would have liked to have seen the Aztec priests, you know, his his life and what happens. Yeah, were we told at any point, like, why he did this? Because I can't remember. Did he, like, say that, oh, I did this because I want to, you know, re remind people to be fearful of the gods? Or, like, did he have any sort of, like, motivation that were spelled out to us? Do you remember that? I Not that I remember. Not, not that specific. We get to see him a little bit in the end when the police are chasing him. But mm. he's sort of non-entity, really. We don't know who he is don't really know his background we don't know why he's practicing this ancient Aztec religion so yeah that that was a little bit of a missed opportunity I think I agree that there could have been something more interesting done with it a point about religious obsession maybe or the power of I don't know imagination or prayer or something you know like some something just one more layer to why these murders are know bringing forth this god what's the mm -hmm. point of this god maybe maybe there maybe it's spelled out at, some, at one point i just i just can't remember it and since i can't remember it it must have been quite in a by the way kind of way <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and also thinking about it now i'm sort of thinking what is the moral of this story you know both king yeah. Kong and godzilla has much more clear moral you know yeah. a message but there really isn't one in this one not 
not that I could detect really. Uh, yeah, don't I feel, skin people, yeah. I guess, but I mean, yeah, I knew I, that I f- already. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that the moral we learn has more to do with Jimmy because Jimmy, mm. like I said, he tries to negotiate the deal with the police, and it seems like he's successful, but then the police sort of fools him out of the money uh, because he he actually had them sign a paper like mm-hmm. I will get a million dollars for showing you where the monster is and he shows them the egg and they were like well that's not the monster so you don't get the million dollars and that feels like that's the moral of the story you know don't try to fool the police I guess but that's yeah. you know that's not not exactly what I wanted so did you recognize the uh, cult performing man uh, no, no, I didn't. Is he, is he someone famous? Well, I don't know if he's famous, but he is the he plays the landlord in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So just because of that, I, um, he immediately got some sort of character for me when he uh, <laughs> finally shows his face. So that was a bit funny. I, I'd never seen him in anything before Sunny in Philadelphia. And now I've seen him in one of his early works. So I thought mm-hmm, that was a bit mm-hmm, fun. Nice. I was f- familiar with Carradine. I've seen him in, um, I believe, Death Race 2000. Mm, I okay. think he's in that one, which is a movie I really like. So uh, I was sort of happy to see Carradine. And I think Carradine does a really uh, good acting job in this. The guy who who plays Jimmy, uh, I think his name was was it Michael Moriarty or yeah. something. Yeah, Michael Moriarty. His last, uh, yeah, his last name was Moriarty at least. He has been in a whole bunch of stuff apparently, but I I wasn't familiar with him. But he also I think did a pretty good job. Jimmy is really, he's sort of neurotic. You know, he mm. he gets nervous a lot and he's insecure and he has all sorts of issues. And I think I didn't necessarily like the character. He was sort of annoying. But the actor did a really good job with him, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the, nothing wrong with the actor, just the character in the way it's written uh, and the character yeah. story. That yeah. that was the issue, not not the actor. He was absolutely fine. Uh, I did recognize him, but I can't really say. Like, I looked up what he's done, but I can't really say that I've I have any vivid images of him in any of those things. But uh, I did recognize him, so I must have seen him in, in something without mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. paying attention too much. I yeah. guess. And to to sort of go back to my summary, I, I ended that by saying there's a lot of toxic masculinity in this. And part of that is the window cleaner in the beginning. He's oh, yeah. Sort of, oh. yeah he, he has cleaned that window several times and he's at it again just because he wants to check out the lady whose office is inside. Uh, and then also one of the women who dies in the beginning... There's a guy with the binoculars who's looking at her while she's suntanning on the roof. Uh, and those just those are just like two side characters. But then we have Jimmy, who has a problematic relationship with his girlfriend. And we sort of... There's hints that he might have hit her sometime mm. in the past. And then there's also one of the policemen, not Carradine, but the other one. The, the yeah, Ron Ron Trees. Yeah, I don't remember... His name, um, but... Sergeant. Just Let's just call him Sergeant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Sergeant. He, I think, he's like a good police, but he he doesn't treat Jimmy very well. He's, he's sort of very, almost abusive towards Jimmy uh, in a way that I don't think a professional policeman really should be. Carradine, in, in, uh, as, as opposed to... to um, to that he's, he treats Jimmy with respect and he's very polite towards Jimmy and mm. in that regard I think uh, Jimmy and, and Carradine's character sort of develop a, a little bit of respect for each other and that was that was nice to see I think 
Yeah, yeah. But the uh, the two like very minor non-named <laughs> men, uh, the window cleaner and the uh, the binocular man, it's quite uncomfortable to watch. Actually, I mean, it's supposed to be funny and it kind of is, but it's also very uncomfortable. And this is the sort of thing that you see a lot, I find, in movies from like, well, whenever, really. But it's it's tiresome to see. It's just like, well, haha, that man is oogling a woman just trying to get a tan on her chest, you know? Let her do that. Don't mm-hmm. don't bring out your binoculars and yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. Yeah, and it was very noticeable in this film as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. Like it there, wasn't there, really yeah. Yeah, there's a, this tradition of the male gaze as they call mm. it and that uh, that has been a part of film for basically as long as film has existed. Mm. But some films do it more noticeably than others and I think yeah. this one had it a little bit more than yeah than I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's always like it it's also in like the small things like I'm gonna get I mean maybe you think I'm creepy but like just like in the way that the woman applies uh, sun lotion to her chest like she applies it as though someone is watching aka the camera so Mm -hmm. she applies it like softly and gently you know and not the practical way that would which would just be like slathering that on and then you know enjoying Mm -hmm. the sun so it's it's in every sort of detail and it's just because these it's got these scenes it it makes it extra clear uh, to the audience i think it's sleazy (laughs) oh yeah uh i i kind of like the music yeah the soundtrack i liked it it was uh it kind of felt more like an adventure movie though do you would you uh, agree with me on that i don't know i honestly i wasn't that big a fan of the soundtrack uh mm. there's this musical piece that I, I felt they overused um, mm. oh yeah and it was this sort of string piece that is very very typical of a, like a horror film and i felt that you know that that was a little bit too much but except for that piece i think the soundtrack was all right but it wasn't anything i i wasn't that big of a fan of it to mm. be honest yeah i just liked the, how, how it was kind of it felt very traditional and there were like trumpets and a choir, I think. I liked the soundtrack, but it did kind of feel at points like more of an adventure type movie or, yeah, like you say, horror movie. Absolutely. Now that you say it, I agree with that. So, but I would rather have that than it being kind of quiet or just like one yes, of those yes, scenes, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Meh. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate there being like a proper orchestra doing things yeah, to instruments yeah. I mean, like, like I said I, I wasn't a big fan of the music but I noticed the music and that that's uh, that's I think is a good thing like you said it's much better than just having silence or just this weird noise in the background that it's just mm. annoying yeah definitely so fun fact Bruce Willis actually wanted to star as uh, the detective Carradine's part but he was too much of an unknown name back then, so not as bankable as Carradine. I thought that was kind of interesting because I could definitely see Bruce Willis, the detective. Yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. I wonder, I wonder how that would have worked. Um, do you know how old Bruce Willis was at the time? Because I'm kind of thinking that Carradine's character 
feels like the probably the most mature character in the film. So I'm not sure if Bruce Willis was young at the time. I don't think he he would have worked that well in the role, honestly. Yeah, Bruce Willis is 20 years younger than David Carradine. So he would have been like late 20s, I think, compared Mm -hmm. to Carradine's mid to late 40s or something like that. Yeah, it it might have worked, but I think... I think I liked Carradine better. Um, yeah, I think Bruce could have worked as uh, Jimmy. But like we said, we liked Moriarty. But like, if you want to place Willis in any part in this movie, he could have worked as Jimmy. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's move on to replace an actor to improve the movie. We basically mean that you're in a time machine and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this movie. Who would you bring, Linnea? Oh, God. I honestly don't know. I think, uh, you know, the actors that are in the film, I like them. I think they, they they did a good job. And I think, honestly, they were sort of the best part of the film. So I'm not that sure I would change it. It's yeah. not, not really any big name that pops into mind because I liked I liked Moriarty. I liked Carradine in this. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would choose the film as it is, as, as at least acting wise or actor wise. Yeah, I agree. I I can't really think of one either. Um, it's more like a storyline issue with me than the char- than the actors. So I would bring a new writer to this film. Okay, so next up, fantasize about a rom- romantic relationship that we don't see in the movie, but you want it to happen, aka ship it. There aren't a lot of relationships to begin with, at least not romantic uh, relationships in the film. Unless you count, you know, between Jimmy and his girlfriend, and that wasn't really a healthy relationship. And then we have Carradine and his girlfriend or wife, I'm not sure which it is, which we only see in one scene. But ship, hmm. I don't know, would I ship any one of these? Mm. Uh, I think that we both kind of feel like there should be a break up <laughs> instead of a ship in this, and that's between Jimmy and uh, his girlfriend. That didn't feel very good it mm-hmm. wasn't very interesting we should break that relationship instead <laughs> maybe we can uh, ship uh, jimmy's girlfriend with Carradine's character yeah even though he he seems to already be in a relationship but yeah but at least he's the, the nicest he, yeah he's the <laughs> nicest guy in the film so. yeah and she has she has like a character the girlfriend so I, I mean jimmy's girlfriend so at least there's something to you know for them to mm-hmm. un- unite around like oh i i hate jimmy yeah jimmy jimmy's pain in the ass oh hello there hello there then romance happens Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. that's our relationship then (laughs) our ship i mean do you think this should be remade in 2019 i would uh, should this be remade in 2019 i would say a maybe on that i think you know, if you, you update the special effects and you update the gender roles in the film, it could it could do pretty well as a remake in 2019, honestly. But then I also sort of have the question, do we, do we need another remake? Do we need another monster film remake? You know, is there room for this? I, I'm on the same, like, side as you here. I, I feel like there's a few issues to be like um, to be attacked <laughs> or or whatever however you want to call it before you could consider doing a remake of this and firstly the uh, mythology bit behind uh, Q is handled a bit weak in this as we don't really know like how the murders 
really make uh, Q come into existence. We don't really understand that and the motivation and that doesn't really make it like creepy or interesting. So you'd have to like flesh that out and give it substance before even considering doing a remake, I think. And also doing that with care, you know, like that's, a, that's there's history and culture in that and you need to be respectful with that material, I think. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things. And then the whole uh, thief, diamond, uh, thief, whatever thing. Maybe people enjoy that. I didn't. And I feel like you you are also on the fence about whether or not you find that interesting. So you'd have to also redo that storyline, I think. So maybe there's just too much to redo and too little to work with to actually have this be interesting. A bird monster in New York is another thing. I mean, that's entertaining. So maybe a no on the remake. Or a maybe, but mostly a no. Would you agree? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So next up, Bang Bond Blast. We have Moriarty, Carradine and Roundtree. And I might I might also add that Bang Bond Blast is our version of Fuck, Mary Kill in the same order. So let's give this some thought. Now go. <laughs> okay, yes. I actually have given this some thoughts. Oh, um, I like that. <laughs> and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I wasn't entirely sure which characters you would choose, but ah, I sort of yeah, had an idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yes, I would definitely bond Carradine's character, the police detective, because by far the least toxic man in the whole film. Mm, uh, true. <laughs> and then I think I'm gonna blast Roundtree, because he mm. wasn't really that nice. And then I'm gonna bang Moriarty. But on a condition that it's a three-way with his girlfriend because she was really pretty. Condition approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. In- interesting Good. choices, but uh, they they feel f- thought out. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. Definitely Bond Carradine. He's the most like normal, least worst person, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but I'm going to bang round tray, I think. Because if I remember correctly, he wore a very nice looking velvet green, green velvet uh, jacket that I was like, yeah, I would want that jacket. So maybe I'll bang him and then take his jacket. I don't know. Not really thought this through, obviously, but um, (laughs) he's got a good jacket. I want it. Blast. That's a good reason as any. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So I'm going to blast Moriarty. I think my opinions of his storyline and his person has, uh, yeah. So, would you recommend watching this film? Would you recommend Q, the Winged Serpent from 1982? That's that's actually a really tough question. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked I d- it before you had time to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, if I would turn the question around and mm. say, would I? not recommend this would i like anti-recommend this mm. i would say no I, I don't think it's not one of those films where i go out and say you should not watch it it's really bad that's not the case at all 
I think it has its interesting f- moments and, and definitely if you're into monster films it might appeal to you but I don't think it's good enough to to for me to go out to friends and say oh my god you must see this film you know it's not that good so it's sort of in the middle you know it's not really good it's not really bad it's like sort of you know sort of like a, eh you know maybe if you like monster films maybe give it a watch but otherwise nah you can skip it that's that's sort of my my position on it I think mm. Yeah, as as just a general uh, opinion, I'm gonna go with no. I wouldn't recommend it. It's not thrilling enough. It's not good looking enough. If you enjoy seeing Carradine or Roundtree or like if any of those people are interesting to you or you want to like watch them all, then go ahead. But no, I wouldn't recommend watching it. So, uh, any final thoughts? Um, no, not really. I think we've covered uh, most of it. Yeah. Do you have any? No, not on this film, but uh, I must say I'm really looking forward to the next film we're going to see. I think I have a high suspicion I'm going to like that one much more than this one. That sounds good. I think we need Mm it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, So, listener, have you seen Q the Winged Serpent? Uh, We want to know what you think. So go to our Facebook page, Star Crashed. Uh, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about Night of the Comets. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Bye! Bye! Bye.